2: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Macas, together and loving it. TNC's apply.
0: Thanks to GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the first serve, your home of tennis.
1: A lot has changed since 1881, from grass, to clay, to hard quartz. Talent has emerged, and champions have become legends. As the game has grown, history has continued to be written in the city that never sleeps. We've witnessed some of tennis's most amazing moments and sports' most inspiring stories. For 35 years, players have flourished at the fourth and final Grand Slam event, entertaining the world's greatest fans on the world's greatest stage. As Arthur Ashe Stadium celebrates its 25th anniversary, this year at the U.S. Open, spectacular Olympics. From the greats of the game to our new stars, never has the potential competition been more thrilling. 256 men's and women's singles players. Two weeks of non-stop action. All for the chance to be crowned champion of New York. It's time for icons to resurface. It's time for newcomers to shine. It's time for the 2022 U.S. Open.
0: Venus Williams, Carlos Alcaraz, Emma Raducanu, Andy Murray, Coco Go, Felix O'Shea Aliasim,
1: Leila Fernandez, and...
0: Naomi Osaka,
2: Matteo Berrettini,
0: Simona Howard,
2: Daniel Medvedev, Serena Williams,
1: One,
2: oh, two, two, seven, two, six, four, six, three. How's that for an ending? She went ten rounds without dropping a set. She
1: came in here ranked 150 in the world, and she leaves the U.S. Open champion. Say hello to Emma Raducanu
3: first qualifier to ever win a major tournament. How did you do it? For the three weeks I've spent in New York, I would say that having such a supportive team like I have over there, my coach, Will, the, the LTA, my agent, everyone in that team, and everyone back home who isn't here but watching on TV, thank you so much for all your support over the years. And most of all, I would say thank you to everyone here in New York. Thank you all for making me feel so at home from my first qualifying match all the way to the final. I've loved playing in front of you, and you've really spurred me on in some very difficult moments, and I hope that me and Layla put on a good performance today. <laughs>
4: These
0: Bangalon shoes they are longing to stray right through the very heart of it.
5: New York, New
6: York. Ah, yes, indeed. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along, the city that never sleeps, or inside five hours to the opening ball being hit. For the 2022 U.S. Open, uh, welcome to a special edition of the First Serve. Brett Phillips uh, with you tonight. We'll talk some other things around uh, the U.S. Open, but um, as we do during the Grand Slams, a 90-minute edition uh, through to 9:30. So great to have your company wherever you are, right across uh, the SEN network. Would love your uh, U.S. Open reflections one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Anything you want to put on the US Open agenda or tennis agenda full stop. We'd love your calls uh, tonight. You can also jump on the Tennis Direct text. Uh, 0433981116 they are with us all year great partners the only place to go shopping if you want to want to get all your tennis accessories delivered to you your front door wherever you are around australia free delivery on orders over $150 just head to their website tennisdirect.com.au You'll get that nice little 10% discount first serve 10 is the code you need to uh, punch in so i've got to say uh, and i've got to be there for the first ball at 1am uh, with the uh, 9 duty. So I don't know when the sleep is going to happen. Uh, I'm sure uh, it, a lot of you out there would love to be there overnight uh, because there's a lot of Australians uh, playing. Yes, we've got primetime Kokonakis and Kyrios at around about 11 o'clock Eastern tomorrow morning following uh, Serena and whether that's going to be her final appearance. Uh, nearly 24,000 tickets sold for Arthur Ashe Stadium. It'll be Absolutely heaving the uh, the biggest tennis stadium uh, that this sport has, and uh, it'll be at its uh, absolute best. One three hundred seven three six seven three six or on the text o four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll go across to Courtney Walsh, our man on the ground in about an hour's time. Uh, it's just after six a.m. Eastern in New York, so uh, he'll just be wiping the sleep out of his eyes, and he'll be ready to go for us after uh, seven o'clock. But Day one, uh, what it presents, uh, 13 Australians overall in the draw, uh, all uh, trying to get to the business end. We'll try and mount a case uh, for a lot of them. Uh, No doubt, as we sit here right now, uh, Nick Kyrgios is our absolute best chance. But how about the draw? I mean, you're in the lap of the gods with the draw and uh, Kokonakis Kyrgios uh, first round. I hate when the Australians uh, play each other. We've got O'Connell and Duckworth on day two as well, but... Uh, That's what happens from time to time. But as that news sort of digested with me 24, 48 hours later, I thought, no, this is great for Australian tennis uh, to have the two Ks who have made, obviously, their name this year, winning a Grand Slam doubles title. They go back to being mates in the juniors. It was only a couple of hours ago. I was actually just reflecting, watching uh, the boys' final of 2013, which uh, Nick won. Uh, Nick's also won what 213, 214 at two challenges when they were both uh, very young. So he's got the 3 0 head to head. They've never met at ATP tour level, but it's a huge tournament for both because everyone now is really speaking about Nick Kyrgios having made that Wimbledon final as a genuine chance to win a grand slam. No Djokovic in New York. The draw could really open up. But this is also a huge moment for Thanasi Kokonakis because he's been in the shadow of Nick. He's had all the injuries. He's 70-odd in the rankings at the moment. And if you're going to make your mark and really boost your ranking, and we all believe Thanasi is certainly capable of getting uh, into the top 50 of men's tennis, these are the sort of matches you want to win on one of the biggest stages. So a huge moment for for Nasi, but also a great opportunity for uh, for Nick. And how much is left in the tank is probably the question I ask. Now he's been away, uh, what just after the French uh, played? Uh, was it Stuttgart? I think the first tournament he played, leading into Wimbledon, hasn't been home since uh, Wimbledon played uh, the US stretch. So he's on the last little bit of uh, quite a long run for Nick, as we know, who doesn't like to be away from Australia for long extended periods. He definitely wants to get back uh, to see his mum. Uh, what's the little interesting twist here is that both have entered the doubles, as one would expect, but if Nick was to bomb out early and Thanasi uh, did get that round one victory, would it allow time for Nick Kerrios to go home and see his mum? His dad's apparently a little crook as well, and maybe be a late call-up for the Australian uh, Davis Cup team in two weeks' time because, having spoken to the ITF during the week, there is the capacity uh, certainly for Australia to uh, to alter their team and if we're any chance of winning the Davis Cup we would love to have Nick Kerrios but I think we'd also, uh, first and foremost, love to have an Australian uh, Grand Slam champion and right now, uh, he uh, no doubt is our, our best chance. 1300 three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736, we're on the text oh four double three. but I reckon the first voice we might hear from tonight, I mean this story we still haven't fully digested from 12 months ago, it just blew everyone away, not only a great tennis story, but a phenomenal sports story that a young girl at just 18, at 150 in the world, could create history and become the first qualifier to go through and win a major, Emma Raducanu, so it put her on the map. And it might be the only Grand Slam that she wins. She wouldn't be the first one in women's tennis It's won one Grand Slam. The depth is certainly enormous. But she's been able to hold her ranking her first full year on the tour. And it was media day on Friday in New York. And let's have a listen to Emma Oredekanu.
3: I think it's really nice to be back in New York. I mean, it's great for me to come here, having done a year on the tour and uh, have have having played most of the tournaments. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm really happy to, with, you know, what I've sort of done this year and how, how I've come out of certain situations. But, um, yeah, I've obviously got amazing memories in New York. It's, you know, got to be up there as one of my favorite tournaments. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to be back in the city as well.
0: Just like watching you practice, there, we saw, saw you stop a couple of times. Just is—is is there an issue that you're concerned about? You can just tell us a little bit about what what the issue was.
3: Well, I think that today, I mean, the practice, I had like a few small things, you know, you got a couple blisters or like a bit, bit of a niggle here and there, and you know, it's just one of those weird days where you feel a bit like nothing's like, I don't know, you just feel a bit out of it, so. It's, can't really explain myself, to be honest. I'm sure everyone in this room has probably had a day like that, but, um, yeah, it is what it is. Just to
0: clarify, you're not concerned about it going into next week?
3: I mean, I have no concerns of, like, a, 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 an issue. No.
5: What are your thoughts on the message that your appearance and championship and Layla's in the final against you last year sent then and carries over a year later?
3: I think that the message is how strong the next generation is for sure i mean we're both really young and we're going to be playing the sport for a long time and uh just you know the depth of the women's game as well i think is so so deep that we were both able to achieve that and I was ranked 150 I don't know what Layla was ranked before the tournament so yeah the women's field is really really strong and I think also since then I think qualifying is is viewed as a good thing I don't think it's viewed as oh you're in qualifying I think that's um, actually a positive in a lot of cases especially in a slam when you have a couple days in between to rest I think it's actually pretty good I also think that a lot of other players in the field you know have the belief, like, I can do that too. Like, maybe before there was this stigma of only the top few players could do it, but um, I think what we achieved shows that, you know, whatever anything can happen, really.
6: Uh, indeed. Uh, the place where dreams are made of, uh, New York, and uh, that's sport full stop, isn't it? I mean, anything can happen. You put yourself out there into battle, and stories like Kanu can happen uh, in, in a sport, particularly like tennis, where it's that, that one-on-one uh, battle, and Look, we may never see it again that a player comes from uh, qualifying and she'll now embark on her own journey. I mean, she's achieved the ultimate, winning one of the majors well before anyone expected her to have any sort of impact uh, on the sport. So she's going to be judged um, um, fairly highly, a lot of scrutiny around every performance. And as she said, this is her first full year on the tour, just settling into playing all the tournaments, uh, playing uh, a wide range of the the top female players to find out where she's at, what she needs to do, and uh, look, she's got Elise Cornet in the first round, and that that is not the opponent you probably want to be playing. I mean, Cornet, seasoned veteran, uh, has not missed a major for about uh, twelve, thirteen years. Uh, there's plenty of theatrics and drama, but great competitiveness. The French uh, uh, play a great quality of tennis, and. Uh, that's um, It's a tough one for Emma, but uh, she has shown, uh, of course, a recent victory over uh, Serena Williams uh, that she has got the game that uh, cannot be just a flash in the pan, uh, that she can stay around the mark. So uh, a fascinating watch, uh, the 2021 defending champion. On the men's side, 12 months ago, it was uh, Daniil Medvedev who um, played a, an, an unbelievable match to beat Novak Djokovic. Djokovic was going for history as we know, to try and win all four Grand Slams in the one year. Daniil upset the party. There's no Novak uh, this year. Uh, Medvedev has still had a a solid year without being absolutely outstanding, but there's no man on the tour that's got a better hard-court record. Match wins, title wins, uh, the amount of tournaments he's played and the success he's had, the strike rate on a hard-court than Daniil Medvedev. Let's have a listen to the uh, men's defending champion.
1: Daniil uh, is Some talk that they feel that this is one of the most open men's draws in a long time. I'm curious,
4: in your opinion, does it
1: feel that way or do all tournaments always feel open
5: to you? Yeah, it's it's a little bit tough to answer. I would say five years ago when I was probably not even on the tour yet and when when there was a big four, Andy Novak, Roger, Rafa, especially if they would be the top four seats, some tournaments it was the case. I'm not sure how other guys reacted, but it was tough because, you know, you're going to get them in like quarters, fourth round. There were some slams where they occupied the semifinals. It must have been not easy maybe it is at the same time if we take the last uh two three year slams i have to say uh, on hardcores it was a lot of uh, times me there stefanos few times in Australian open uh sasha was there uh sometimes in the final dominic so it, it's still like it's it's not like we i feel like we we saw any huge surprise in the latest slams, like Kasper being in the final in Roland Garros, at least for me, is not surprised at all. He's an amazing clay court player. Not only clay court player, but more in clay. It's not easy to answer, you know. I think it is, but uh, talking from my perspective, I just want to play good and just try to win as many matches as possible, no matter the opponent, no matter the draw.
1: So much has happened in the last year since you and Novak met in the final. For both of you can you just talk about that and coming back this year and knowing that he's not here and everything that has happened for both of you at the majors this year
5: i mean i wish uh, i wish he would play here he's uh you know we, we we saw it in wimbledon he didn't play many tournaments this year he came there he won so he's just such a champion and their rivalry against rafa is really i feel like heating up in a way not 22 21 just a joke of a number so i feel like it's a pity he's not here it would be a great story, I would think, for tennis, only tennis-wise, but of course it's not us tennis players, it's American government rules, so it's completely understandable also. Uh, Talking about myself, uh, yeah, for sure. If I look back at the year in details, a lot has happened. But at the same time, I remember it like yesterday. And uh, I want to try you know, to leave uh, the moments like this again because it's a special moment to win a slam. And I'm motivated to try to do it again. It was really close in Australian Open. But finally, I mean, when you say close, if you didn't do it, you are far also. So I want to try to to do something big here. Uh, Daniil Mevidev, the uh, defending uh, champion. I just got
6: one on the... Uh, text from Michael, as uh, Daniel was talking about, Novak uh, missing evening bread. Are you Are comfortable with Joker not being there because of his situation? Well, I mean, I'm not going to uh, uh, be telling the US authorities how to um, uh, protect their country. Uh, I was interested to listen to Renee Stubbs uh, the last few days, who's the secret weapon in the uh, Serena Williams uh, camp. Now, Renee has been living in New York uh, for some time. She said that COVID is still uh, rampant. Obviously, they've changed Uh, the conditions uh, for the American citizens in New York uh, as to those who are unvaccinated and their travel movements and what they're allowed to do. But obviously that rule hasn't extended to letting in foreigners into the country who are not vaccinated. So uh, that's the rules of the government. Um, If you're just looking at it, you know, without knowing all the finer points of it all, uh, you would say, you know, the world's obviously in a, a far... A better place or just how we're dealing with COVID now. What's it going to hurt to let Novak Djokovic in to play the US Open? I can certainly see that side. It's just a shame, really. I mean, you want the best players uh, playing uh, all the time. And uh, for Djokovic to be missing uh, large chunks of the season um, is just disappointing for the game. But... Uh, obviously, uh, you know, it's a lot uh, bigger things than just uh, tennis. So, thank you, Michael, for your text. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We are here thanks to AATC, Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education right across the globe. Uh, courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. You can learn locally, coach globally, internationally. Endorse, inquire, and enrol. AATC dot tennis. After the break, we'll take a look at the Aussies and uh, drill down and give you the matchups and the likely contenders or chances for the Australians who uh, might go the deepest.
0: at all coming up next on The First Serve. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis
6: back, uh, US Open edition tonight, 1-300-736-736. Get involved. Uh, would love your thoughts leading up to the final major of the year, 433 98 1116 on the uh, Tennis Direct text. You can uh, shoot those through uh, Mario at uh, Maslin Beach. Can anyone tell me about Maslin Beach over in Adelaide? Is it decent? Should I make the visit over to maybe sit down and have a coffee with Mario? Because he's um, highly entertaining. I'm not sure how many texts he has sent uh, Sen uh, across uh, the journey. Uh, I still have nightmares over the Pat Cash versus Ivan Lendl semi-final, where Pat had two match points and lost after slipping on a mound of Lendl sawdust. Um, yeah, I think back to that. Uh, that there were some great, uh, uh, great matches at um, Flushing Meadows when it first started, uh, Forest Hills. Well before that, I mean, uh, as we had in the intro, I mean, the U.S. Open goes way back uh, to the 1800s. Uh, three different surfaces from grass to clay, to hard courts uh, across the journey, Uh, how much that um, uh, Billie Jean King National Tennis Centre has uh, developed and evolved with the roof now over uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, but never get sick of watching uh, the old uh, matches. Uh, Love the night games at uh, Flushing Meadows on the uh, Tex with a uh, boisterous uh, full crowd. As I just get this one up, Mario, again, you're on fire. Uh, Full of Budweiser. Well, you'll see when you're watching, if you're only sort of a a casual uh, connoisseur of the US Open and you're flicking it on, which is at a much better uh, time zone here in Australia than the French Open in Wimbledon, you will notice that the chair umpire, who I think should be paid probably triple overtime, uh, more often than not has just got to quieten the crowd, who are boisterous, loud, the corporates are on level two, they've got their back to the crowd, Uh, they're enjoying um, some nice uh, casual... Uh, frothies and uh, whatever the local frothy is over in uh, Budweiser, maybe it is over there uh, in New York, uh, some hors d'oeuvres, whatever's been consumed, Uh, not really been hard uh, tennis fans. So there's a lot going on in the crowd. A lot of the celebs uh, get along as well, but uh, it is an atmosphere that uh, some players really thrive on, others uh, find really hard. I know Petra Kvitova said, a few years ago, because all the players will stay in Manhattan, they're in the cars, it's a good 40 to 45 minute trip, depending on the traffic in New York, that you feel stressed before you even get to the venue. So a lot of players don't uh, cope with that uh, all that well. Let's have a look at the Aussies on day one and give you a couple of uh, predictions. You can weigh in one So John Millman is going to kick off the day, 1am, uh, we'll have that, of course, on uh, 9 when we begin our coverage in a few hours' time. So Milman versus Emilio Nava, who's a young American who got the wild card. I think you know my thoughts on wild cards after last week's show. Uh, but he's uh, entitled to get that wild card under the current rules that uh, the home Grand Slam Nation can uh, select a group of their players. He's 203 in the world. He's making his Grand Slam debut. He's 0-2 and two at ATP Tour level. So he's never won a match. That's this year. He's 0-5 and five overall. So never won a match at Grand Slam level. Uh, but he's gone from just outside the top 320 to 203 in the rankings uh, this year. Won his first uh, challenger in uh, Kazakhstan, so he's a real novice at this level. And even though John Millman uh, certainly hasn't been firing on all cylinders this year, he's just 9 and 16 at ATP to a level from his 21 tournaments, uh, best of a a semi-final in Delray Beach, which was uh, early in the year. His Grand Slam performances haven't been great, you would think, in his eighth. Uh, US Open, he would have the upper hand over Emilio Narva. So hopefully the memories of that quarterfinal of 2018 floodback for John, who is an interesting watch at the moment as to how long his career uh, certainly continues. I mean, he, uh, he's had a tough couple of years, injury, a lot of time on the road, little bout of COVID, uh, times he's lacked the mojo, the ranking has slipped a bit. He's been going a long time, Millman. He's 33, 34 on the horizon. Uh, he's still super fit, great competitor, but uh, you've just felt that he maybe hasn't quite been in love with the game as much as he has in the last few years. Uh, Alex Dimonor is going to follow. So that court, uh, which is court number seven, will have three Aussies uh, back to back to back. So Dimonor to take on uh, Filip Krajanovic, uh the Serbian, uh, 30 years of age, whose ranking is uh, 44. We know he's got to a high of 26 has never really made a mark at the Grand Slams. A third round has been his best appearance. Uh, seventh uh, US Open, the four, uh, four times he's got to the third round of the majors. Uh, did make a final at Queen's this year, a semi final in Montpellier in uh, France. A third round, Roland Garros has been his best Grand Slam performance this year. But the way Alex has certainly been playing, and he's played good tennis in New York previously, sixth US Open, made the quarters uh, back in 2020. Uh, He's 35 and 19 this year. He's ranking exactly 20 in the world, so not too far off his best ranking of 15 uh, going back uh, three years ago. Uh, You would think he's going to be too good for Krajanovic. Uh, Some good hard court form leading up, winning Atlanta, and a couple of good semis uh, throughout uh, the grass and and clay court swing, uh, Barcelona and also uh, Eastbourne. And fourth round AO, fourth round of Wimbledon this year. is the stumble, of course, at Roland Garros in the first round. So, his major performances have been pretty good. So, I feel confident we can give uh, Demonor a tick. Isla Tomjanovic, I think we always have a heart in our mouth with Isla. Our number one female player. Uh, no guarantees. Uh, ranking at 46. I mean, she's had a better year in terms of some of the scalps that she's taken. I mean, she's beaten Annette Contivate, the current world number two. She's beaten... Uh, Badosa Paula Badosa the current world number 4 Krachikova a Grand Slam champion Uh, Jill Teichman ranked above her inside the top 30 and Sloane Stephens not quite the player she was Sloane but still a player who's won a major and been in the top 3 of women's tennis so there's been some good scalps for Isla this year quarterfinal at uh, Wimbledon of course quarterfinal recently at Cincinnati and at 29 this is a great opportunity for her to make her mark 46 in the world and playing her ninth at US Open. So third round 2021 was her previous best result. But what worries me is her opponent, who has had a lot of injuries in the last two years. I always think of uh, negative thoughts with Karolina Mukova of the Czech Republic, because Ashbardi had her absolutely on toast in that quarterfinal of the Australian Open. Mukova went off injured, came back, miraculous recovery, knocks Ash out, elevates herself to be a semi-finalist at Grand Slam level, uh, got to... Uh, 19 in the world, and then she's had all sorts of injuries the last couple of years. So, using a protected ranking of 22, uh, 22 she's only played the 12 matches this year, but when she plays, uh, she beats good opponents. She knocked over Sakari this year at Roland Garros. Uh, Fernandez, last year's US Open runner up at Miami, uh, didn't play between the US Open last year and Miami of this year, so had a long layoff between August and March, but she can certainly play. So that, I think, is a, a 50-50 contest. Uh, Darius Seville, look, she brings in great form, Dasher, uh, final in Canada over the weekend, her second WTA final. It's been a great comeback year from 419 to 58 in the world, and whether she'll get back to 20 where she was, but she's brought the fire back, uh, Seville. She's great to watch, 25 and 18 this year from her Eighteen tournaments, it all started in Guadalajara in Mexico, leading into a great Indian Wells, a terrific Miami. Third round, Roland Garros made that semi-final of the City Open in Washington, and uh, the final in Canada, the 250, going down to her good friend Daria Casacchina with a couple of breaks to serve on the weekend. Sixth the US Open, uh, second round twice, her best result of course has come in Melbourne, uh, fourth round of the A.O., Now, she should be able to, even though this is a quick turnaround for Dasha, having played the final uh, less than 48 hours ago to get to New York, settle in. Uh, She takes on uh, Elena Gabriela Rusa, who's the young Romanian who's about 101 in the world. Uh, If you want to uh, hear a backstory about a player, she has been through a hell of a lot, uh, personally and professionally, but broke through last year. For those of you that follow tennis, want to... A final in Hamburg, backed it up uh, with a final in Palumino in Italy the week uh, uh, after that. Uh, Was on a great roll, and then she's had lots of injuries sort of interrupting her career. But uh, 15 tournaments this year, uh, but hasn't played since Hamburg in July. So just a a little underdone. She actually could have been an opera singer. Uh, She chose tennis. She could have been an opera singer. Maybe that will come uh, post-tennis, but uh, I think Dasha, we give a tick. Uh, Jordan Thompson, uh, that's a tough one, certainly against Lorenzo Sonigo. uh, That'll be around about 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, Tomo, seventh US Open, fourth round 2020. Uh, His best performance at a major, so he goes back to a place where he has had his best showing where it counts. Uh, But he's come back to the pack, no doubt. Uh, 24 tournaments this year, quarterfinal at Dallas early in the year. He's had actually a couple of good... Individual wins, gofan Songa in his farewell season, uh, had a good little period on the grass, of course, leading up to Wimbled- Wimbledon, winning a challenger, was runner-up at another uh, challenger on the grass, but he's uh, just outside the top 100. Sonigo um, has been as high as 21. He comes in ranked 63 in the world, so he's 1823 on the ATP Tour this year, but he's been consistent at the slams. Our third round of the AO, Wimbledon and also uh, the French. That's uh, going to be a tough one, I think, for Jordan Thompson. Cock uh, and and Kyrgios, who knows what we're uh, going to get. As I mentioned off the top of the show, this is the first time they'll ever meet at pro level. Played that junior boys final 2013, which uh, Nick won 7-6-6-3. They played a, a challenger in Sacramento uh, 2013. Nick won that 2-6-7-6-6-1. 2014 in Savannah, Georgia, a challenger. Nick won that one 6-1-6-3. Uh, uh, so, You've got to give the, the nod to Nick, but uh, let's hope the Nasi can bring the firepower. And as he stated and been quoted over the weekend, um, he's not going to uh, just sit back. He's going to take his chances and play. Aggressive uh, Grand Slam tennis, so they are the Aussies up on uh, day one. We'll come back after the break and have a listen to Rafael Nadal's preparation because he has got another Aussie in Rinky Hijikata in uh, the first round. All thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist Asti Tennis Courts. So they're trusted by Melbourne tennis
0: clubs and councils. Check out aste.com.au. Thanks to GLG Green Life Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. (laughs) I always get educated on this show. Uh, Jack's
6: uh, sent me a Tennis Direct text. Brett, thank you for the show. Always a great listen. Maslin Beach is a nudist beach in Adelaide. And coupled with the alliteration of his name, Mario, I suspect, he may be just pulling your chain. Keep up the great work. Really enjoyed your coverage of Wimbledon. Good luck with the US Open. Thank you, Jack. I hadn't looked um, too deeply into Maslin Beach. Don't know if I'll visit it. Thank you very much to you, uh, Jack. Uh, The remaining Aussies uh, that will play on uh, day two, let's take a look at those on the other side of the draw. Duckworth O'Connell. That's a shame they both play each other. Would love to have seen both have a, a little bit of a run. Uh, James has taken some time to get going this year. He's defending some points, but he's, uh, he's going okay and uh, could have a, a really good strong back end of the year. The body seems to be holding up. Christopher O'Connell who's had lots of injuries, cracking into the top 100 in recent times. It's a tough one to call, isn't it? Maybe Duckworth just slightly with a little bit more Grand Slam experience, but... Uh, I think that'll be a great matchup. the first, two, first time that they will go head-to-head. Uh, Alexei Poprin up against uh, Singh, the young uh, boy from uh, Chinese Taipei. Have never met before. You would think Alexei wins that on paper, but there's been no guarantees with Alexei Poprin this year, a year where he's really trying to figure out uh, what sort of tennis player he is and where he needs to go. Uh, Jason Kubler, who has spoken about fondly, On this program, Uh, knew six weeks ago that he had direct entry, cracking the top 100. Uh, Got Michael Emer, the Swede, who's also really uh, stepped up on tour this year, playing some bigger matches on bigger stages. Uh, That should be a real dogfight. And what a moment it's going to be for the wild card from Australia, Rinky Hijikata. So he'll play night two on the biggest stadium, Arthur Ashe, up against Rafael Nadal. How is Rafa? Let's uh, check in with the great man.
4: Well, have been tough. Uh, deal with uh, tear in the abdominal is uh, is a tough injury because uh, it's dangerous, it's risky. And then, when you have a scar, it's a place that you put a lot of effort when you are serving. So, uh, you need to find flexibility again because the, when when you have an, a scar there uh, is is you know at the beginning is you know is not flexible. It's very easy to understand so, an important impact there an important movement on a thing that is not flexible like before. The risk is higher. I take it very easy in the Cincinnati too. in the practices. The match I try my best without putting all the effort there on, in, on the serve. I fight it till the end. I had my chances. Here I am practicing. I am doing uh, the things the best way <laughs> that I can. I hope to be ready for the action. No, that's, that's the only thing that I, I, I can say. No, just uh, I have what I have and uh, with the tools that I have today, I, I hope to be competitive enough to, to give myself a chance.
2: Rafa, Russell Fuller from the BBC. Are you practicing with the same intensity that you would normally practice with a few days before a Grand Slam?
4: Yeah, taking care with the surf, being honest. But uh, in general terms, yes. Uh, I am practicing at high level of intensity and I am quite happy the way that I am playing. Of course, we need to compete later, two weeks on the tour, even if only one match professional, you know, official. But uh, practicing every day with the uh, with the guys uh, helped me without a doubt. I played at... Uh, sets every day for the last five days that helps of course with before cincinnati i just played uh, two sets there before the tournament to start so it's difficult even if i had my chance the preparation have been not not very long i give myself a chance there it was not possible let's try here again with a better preparation from my perspective i am practicing quite well (laughs) then (laughs) let's see what what can happen now but i am quite happy with the, with the practices.
6: Yeah, he's going beautifully. Uh, he'll crank up the serve. Uh, we'll get a feel for it anyway uh, once he and Rinky Hijikata uh, hit the court. But what an opportunity. I mean, Rinky plays Daniil Medvedev in Los Cabos in Mexico a few weeks ago. I, th- I thought held his own against the world number one. So this is another great experience for a young man who has cracked the top 200. He's been down the college path. He is an emerging player, Rinky. Where he's going to land, not quite sure. It's tough. A lot of players get between 100 and 200. And, can't get out of uh, that area. But let's hope he just goes for broke and takes on uh, Rafa on the biggest stage uh, in terms of capacity stadium in tennis. It'll be a, another full house to watch uh, the great uh, Rafa on the Dal. So, just on the men's side, what would be forecasting ahead? So, if Milman won his first round match, either a Francisco Sirondolo, what an improved player he is, particularly on a hard court semi final Miami earlier this year, or Andy Murray, one of those two. If Jordan Thompson wins his first round, likely match-up with Stefano Pass. Tough one. If Demonor wins, a rematch with Christian Garin, who he should have beaten and sealed that one at Wimbledon through to a quarter. Let it slip. be great redemption if those two could go head-to-head and maybe an opportunity on a hard court for Demonor to uh, to execute better. If Kalkinakis or Kyrgios, or one of them, is going to win... Uh, likely Uga Humbert, uh, the Frenchman, in the second round. If Rinky Hijikata caused a massive upset and beat Rafael Nadal, it uh, wouldn't get, well, not not as difficult a assignment, but the calibre of players uh, is, is going to be tough where he lands in the draw. So Karatsev or Fanini. If and won, a Schwartzman or a Jack Sock, that could go either way in the first round. If Kubler wins, uh, likely to run into Francis T.F.O. he'll have the American crowd behind him. And the winner of Duckworth and O'Connell uh, would take on uh, the Brit, uh, likely uh, Dan Evans, who is uh, seated. And the only other player that we haven't uh, previewed is uh, Jamie Furless, who got the wild card on the women's side. Of course, uh, Rinky uh, got the wild card on the men's side. So Jamie will take on uh, the qualifier uh, from China, uh, Yu Yang, who hasn't played uh, a lot of Grand Slam tennis at 142 in the world. So that's a huge opportunity for Jamie Furless. If she was to win that, A likely match-up with Elise Mertens, the number 32 seed, in uh, the next round. So the women's draw is fascinating. The matches, it certainly jumped off the page uh, for me. Muguruza versus Clara Towson, this young girl from Denmark who's uh, really rising. Um, Muguruza, always an interesting watch. Uh, Raducanu, Cornet, as we spoke about. Naomi Osaka, who we aren't really factoring in at this stage. I think she's a fascinating watch, whether she's ever going to reach... Uh, the top echelons of the sport again. She's got the feisty uh, Danielle Collins in the first round. Uh, Maria Sakari, you know, once again, she's a, a title contender, but she's got to get there. And uh, Tatiana Maria, who had the fairy tale run at Wimbledon making a semi-final, is one player because she takes the pace right off the ball that you don't want to play. So that doesn't really suit the Sakkari game. And then, obviously, Serena up against Duncan Covenage. I mean, I, I just can't get Duncan Covenage out of my mind, when she played Ash Barty two years ago at the Australian Open, a first round that went 44 minutes when Barty won 6-love, six 6-love. Six be fair to say she's come a long way since then, and I think she'll take it right up to Serena, and uh, no guarantees with the form that Serena's come in with that she would win uh, that first round. Matches on the men's side, Carino Buster and Dominic Team, which I think they've put out onto court 17, right at the back at uh, Flushing Meadows. That's probably worthy of a, a better court, Carino Buster. Uh, Masters 1000 champion uh, leading in and Dominic team trying to regain his uh, mojo. Uh, his, his performances have been okay in the last few weeks. Goffan Musetti, uh, Elcaraz has got Sebastian Byers, this young Argentinian who has had a really good year on the tour. Uh, Schwartzman and Sock, as we mentioned, Fanini and Karatsev, There are a few of the matches that have Uh, certainly uh, jumped off the page. All thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's a little mini Melbourne park. Go and check that out in Melbourne's north. Um, It's got tennis for everyone. Perfect also for coaches and players. If you're coming from interstate to train and compete, uh, it's close to Melbourne Airport. There's accommodation uh, just around the corner. Find out more at humetennis.com.au. Courtney Walsh after nine, live from New York. We'll come back after the break with a bit of non-US Open tennis news.
0: Thanks to GLG Green Life Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to The First Serve uh, through to 9.30 tonight.
6: Courtney Walsh in New York coming up in about 10 minutes time to really set the scene uh, on the ground. Uh, What about the lead up? Uh, Winston Salem, the ATP 250, the uh, crafty Frenchman. Adrian Menorino taking the title there. Well done to Matty Ebden uh, claiming the doubles. Cruise through with uh, Jamie Murray uh, during the week. So a seventh uh, doubles title in his career. Third this year. He'll be back with Max Purcell, uh, the Wimbledon champions, to resume their partnership. And, of course, Davis Cup straight after uh, the US Open. So well done to Matt. Daria Kasikina, as we mentioned earlier, defeating uh, Daria Seville. Um, Great comeback by Kasikina. Back inside the top ten and uh, she's in a happy place uh, after a, a couple of tough years there with injury and a loss of form. Lyudmila Sampsonova, um has gone well, back to back. She didn't play between the City Open in Washington and, of course, uh, the event in Cleveland the last week, the uh, newly created event, the uh, WTA 250. So she's won uh, 10 matches on the trot in the US. Uh, 6-1, 6-3 was too good for uh, Alexandra Sasnovich, there, uh, the Belarusian in the final. And i tell you what, it's worth noting uh, the form of uh, Ellen Perez right now, who I suppose is more specialising in doubles, still playing some singles, but uh, the doubles career is taking off inside the top 30. Her and Nicole Malika-Martinez winning that Cleveland event. They'd made two WTA finals uh, leading in. So they've won 12 of their last uh, 14 matches. And looking the goods, they're carrying... Some uh, serious momentum. So just the Aussie doubles pairings for the US Open. Uh, Luke Saville will play with um, uh, Karatsev. Uh, Kokonakis and Kyrios have entered. That'll be an in- interesting watch, depending on the result of tomorrow. Piers and Popram will combine together. Ebden and Purcell. And on the women's side will be Alan Perez with Nicole Malika-Martinez. Uh, Isla Tom Yanovich will team up with uh, Sophia Kennan. Uh, Storm Sanders and Caroline Dollarhyde, uh, good friends who played a lot of doubles this year. Sam Stozer, their final appearance at a major with Chan of Taipei. And uh, Darius Seville to team up with uh, Layla Fernandez, last year's uh, singles finalist. Just outside and off Broadway, we always cover the length and breadth of Australian tennis. Another title for the Queenslander, Adam Walton over the weekend, winning in Cancun, Mexico, 29-4, the 15K, graduated from college. He has transitioned beautifully uh, to the ITF Tour, won the doubles as well, so third title from four finals. Uh, Matthew Delevedova, I was speaking to across the weekend, so um, he's gone semi-final and then a runner-up in the last three weeks. So he uh, was the finalist there in Monastir in Tunisia, but hopefully Deli can crack uh, a, a ITF title pretty soon. We had a lot of um, uh, doubles titles, winners everywhere. James Frawley, a sixth title in Germany. Uh, 19-year-old Ethan Cook from Perth, a first title in Belgium. Is having a great chat to his mum, Heidi, who uh, loves the support of the Australian tennis community. Brandon Walken, Jason Taylor in Poland, the 25K. So Walken, a fifth title this year. He's 42-16 and 16 inside the top 300. Uh, Tom Fancutt a 20th title in Korea. And Dane Sweeney had his best week on the Challenger Tour uh, in Bangkok. He's forty-nine and eighteen this year. He's three hundred and fourteen live. He's one of the smallest men in tennis, down around sort of Diego, uh, Sebastian Byers hype. But packs a great punch. Uh, love watching him play, and he's an interesting uh, watch. There's no doubt about that. So that's some of the news happening on court outside of the U.S. Open. There's a bit of other news I'll share with you before we go off air in the next half hour. But Courtney Walsh, she's going to be up next to from New York
0: to set the scene for day one of the 2022 U.S. Open. Thanks to GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
6: Thank you, Alicia, for steering us into our extended uh, 90-minute edition of the first server tonight. Uh, It is one of the great cities in the world. I mean, I think the majority well I'd imagine a big chunk of you out there listening tonight have probably been to New York. If you haven't, you've just got to get there in some shape or form, whether it's around US Open time or... Uh, at any other stage of the year, it is a city that will uh, totally uh, blow your mind. Uh, that is for sure. One three hundred seven three six seven three six, or on the tennis direct text O four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. That is where we find uh, Courtney Walsh she's wiped the sleep out of his eyes. He's ready to go. Big day one uh, coming up. He's been on this incredible world tour for some months now. While she come in, it's uh, great to have you on the show.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Brett. It's uh, really wonderful to be back in New York as well. Um, I think your sentiments about the city are spot on, and I'm really looking forward to what shapes as an intriguing US Open, the last major of the year. I think we've seen some great tennis on the courts this year. You know, The crowd's back, uh, great atmosphere around you know, Melbourne Park, uh, Roland Garros and Wimbledon. I'll be fascinated to see what uh, happens out at Flushing Meadows over the next fortnight. Um yeah, you know, having not been able to get over here for three years, it'll be, it'll be yeah. fascinating to see what it's like again.
6: Absolutely. I just got one from Aaron at Airport West on the uh, Tennis Direct text. I've been asking while she have been the last hour, just to reflect on some of their US Open memories. Uh, BP, what about the great Paddy Rafter, defeating uh, Mark at All-Aussie Men's Final? He uh, went back-to-back uh, Rafter, Leighton, of course, winning a US Open. I mean, I, I love watching some of the old footage. I think it was brought up before about Cash v Lendl in one of the great matches. I mean, there are so many to reel off. There is something about... The US Open, isn't there? It's a, a, an atmosphere that is totally different to the other slams. That's the great part about the majors. They all have their distinctive different flavour and vibe about them. But what do you think about? What comes back into your memory bank when you think about New York, the visits you've made, the tennis you've watched there over the years?
2: Whew, that super Saturday uh, that uh, the cash versus Lendl that uh, one of your listeners brought up, what a day of tennis that was in all shapes, ways, shapes, and form. I was uh, I was still a young man, but yep. that was one that got away from Pat. Uh, very unlucky because he played an amazing match. Um, and that was a great, I thought that was a great feature of the I can be clearly not necessarily that fair if you uh, had the two semis on the same day as the women's final and then backed up again the next day. Uh, look, I've seen, you know, I've seen some shocks. I remember seeing, uh, Chilich win through, mm. you know, playing in tennis through that sort of uh, run in twenty fourteen, where Djokovic and uh, and Federer are beaten in the semifinals by Nishikori and Chilich, which was quite a, you know, an astonishing thing. Uh, you know, seeing Serena win, I think in two thousand and twelve, was quite remarkable. Andy Murray, who. I had a bit of fortune of I suppose helping him with his columns for a few years while at the Australian. Uh, he his breakthrough winning in uh, in the in the states as well uh, was was I thought fantastic to see. Um, more recently, Naomi Osaka and the, and the and the Serena Williams match, just the controversy, the the heightened tension surrounding that match afterwards. The Incredible. you know, the it, it was. You know, quite astonishing to see. But then some of the matches, I remember Tommy taking down Hewitt in a ripping match, uh, you know, an absolute thrilling match, sort of uh, on an outside court. And and being able to watch some of the Aussies play outside court matches has been fantastic. So we've got a couple on center court tonight, Arthur Ashe Stadium, the biggest court in terms of attendance in the world. It'll be fascinating to see what happens there.
6: gonna be heaving, isn't it? What I mean, every ticket has been sold. While she so there's the Serena factor first, depending on the income, uh, sorry, the outcome of that match. Uh, the income will be a lot better if you win, uh, but the depending on the outcome and whether that's her last match and what happens post that match, and then uh, the crowd will no doubt want to, you know, stick around and take in uh, Kyrgios and Cockinark. Because I said at the start of the show that my first reaction is I get disappointed any time the Aussies are matched up early because you want them all to go as deep as possible. But now that I've had time to digest it, I'm, I'm sort of excited about it. I think this is this is fantastic for Australian tennis on one of the biggest courts in tennis. Where it counts the most for t- these two to go head to head.
2: Oh, absolutely! I, I, I think yeah. You know, once you saw that draw, and you had a look through some of the other first round matches, and there are some great first round matches, but you knew with curious as a Wimbledon finalist, all of a sudden what they wanted him to be in terms of, uh, I suppose, a man to carry the headlines, draw the, draw all the, I suppose, attention through the years. Versus a great mate, the Australian Open doubles champion and a former boys finalist year, I don't think it was any doubt that they'd just about put that one in the centre quarter Afterwards, I think it was a, you know, a clearly, a, clearly a move that little appeal to television audiences here and also back in Australia, just friendly time zone for Australia those evening matches. So I think it's a you know it's, it's it's clearly a logical decision. I remember not yeah, you know, probably back in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen or so, Brett being on the train out to. Uh, the train out to Flushing Meadows and there was a massive billboard of Serena uh, mm. just in sort of Brooklyn, <laughs> but there was also a big, big billboard of Nick Kyrgios as well. Yep. And that was back when he was the rising star, the, the Wimbledon quarterfinalist, the Australian Open quarterfinalist and thinking that he would be the, you know, a man for the next generation, the man to tackle the, the superstars. Maybe, just maybe we're seeing that man arrive. Well I guess the next fortnight will tell us a lot. Yeah,
6: I think it's fascinating. I'm trying to get a read of this uh, Walshie, because as I mentioned earlier, he's on the last part of a fairly long stretch for Nick. He's keen to get home, but he's also sensing now that this is where I belong. This is where I should be. And Wimbledon, maybe that final has given him vindication that no, I, I should be deep into a second weeks now of slams for my talent. Uh, Mark in Adelaide just asked me the top five seeds: So Medvedev, Nadal, Elkaraz, Pass, Rude, Mark are the top five seeds as far as the draw is concerned. But... Outside of the the main contenders, he's the first name that comes up, isn't it? Because if he gets past Kokkinakis, his draw looks okay. mevedev fourth round if that goes the way of the sort of um, uh, the the, uh, the the rankings, he's got the superior head to head. He's confident he can beat Mevdev. I mean, anything can happen. I just hope there's no fatigue in Nick just with the stretch that he's had.
2: And look, we saw someone uh, who was as composed and as professional and as uh, diligent in every aspect of her game as Ash Barty last year arrive in New York absolutely fried, yep. you know, at the end of her tether. Mm. Uh, and we saw her sort of uh, in that third round match, cough probably a uh, you know a five two lead against Shelby Rogers. She was she was cooked, and it was sort of a, yeah. This has been a hers was a slightly longer trip than Nick's, but Nick's played as regularly. In the last few months as we've seen for a, for a while mm. um, So it doesn't surprise me that he he will be a bit fatigued uh, And when you see the end of the road Sometimes that can be really alluring And, and, and I suppose can cause a distraction So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued as to how he how he fares I think technically the, the surface should suit him uh, That surface is just so sublime That you, you think it can carry him a long way But again, the focus is always the key And yeah, they were the clearly big steps forward at Wimbledon. I think they were. You know, saw some good things. Obviously, in DC when he when he took the title there, uh, and his consistency uh, in yeah you know, in between that period has been really strong. But it's just a matter of whether he can hold it together again and again. He's playing against a very talented player tonight. Who, while he hasn't quite had that breakthrough at Grand Slam level, does have. Some significant weapons at his disposal in Thanasi, and he has got some big wins to his name. So, you know, I'm sure he'll be seen as a real opportunity to no to make a statement on it on, a, on the, one of the biggest courts in the world.
6: Yeah, all the focus on Nick, but this is a huge opportunity for Thanasi, and we all believe, Walshy, that he. You know, it should be into that top fifty of men's tennis at some point. So this is the this is where you really make your mark. You win a couple of rounds of the majors, and you and you're going somewhere in terms of the rankings. So it's a huge opportunity. We mentioned earlier, and I had a you know inquiry, you know, Djokovic, the situation. Do you agree, disagree? I had one text here: if COVID is already all over the US, why is someone who doesn't have it not allowed to uh, enter the country? You know, I was referencing Renee Stubbs in the last few days, who lives in New York, has spoken about how rampant it is still. I mean, a massive population there and they've relaxed the rules, uh, from my understanding, for, you know, the American citizens who aren't vaccinated. Um, I mean, I know you've only just sort of touched down in New York. Have you got a feel for for COVID in, in the country? Um, I noticed at the media conferences, you know, going to the media conference room, everyone's still going to wear a mask and everything like that. But uh, have you got a feel for the situation?
2: C- certainly feels more in tune with uh, Australia than so you know having spent the last I suppose six six or so seven six, seven weeks in Europe where it was basically a free for all. It felt like you were back to you and know, back to normal. I mean I would you know on, on busy busy tubes etc. I would uh, in London I'd wear wear a mask, but you know it, it was basically very much uh, seen as business as usual or business pre twenty twenty. Having arrived in New York, uh, masks are certainly far more prevalent. You're still supposed to be wearing them on public transport. You know, I was on a train, and you know, I'm saying slightly up upstate uh, for the first couple of days, and you know, on a train into Grand Central on Saturday night for a for a function, uh, the Racket Magazine Yonix uh, sort of joint mm. collaboration function at, nice. at the Rockefeller, and masks were worn by probably 85 percent of the people on the train. There's certainly a certainly widespread acknowledgement that it is still yep. a factor. We are still on a – and and I don't think the vaccination rate is as high in America clearly as what they would like. That's that's part of the concern, that, mm. that it's not as high. So, therefore, I mean, certainly around this area, the tri-state area, uh, it's higher than other parts of the country. But, uh, yeah, there has been an easing of rules, but certainly in terms of, uh, I think, preparedness – or uh, or safety precautions. Uh, there's a similarity to, to Melbourne at the moment, and to the rest of the, and I'm sure to the rest of the country.
6: Yeah, interesting watch. While she um, to to round out, and we'll have you back on next uh, Monday, of course, middle of the tournament. Uh, also, our First Serve uh, website, the, the firstserve.com.au will be fully operational with lots of US Open news, which will be uh, a part of all our socials across the next uh, fortnight. But just give us a a quick snapshot of who you see as the, the, the genuine title contenders here.
2: Look, it's, it's amazing. I mean, uh, I was having a look at the uh, the odds. I mean, I think there's a couple of factors, obviously. The, the fact that we've got five men going for the world number one ranking mm. is astonishing and, and outlines just how wide it is. You know, I don't think we can have the same level of confidence with Medvedev that we did going into last year when he was clearly playing outstanding tennis on a hard court. So I wonder what that absence from Wimbledon, you know, whether there was some dealings there. I don't think he's playing quite as well. No confidence necessarily in Nadal, given the ab- abdomen. It's a great opportunity for Rinky Ducato, by the way, obviously, um, going up against Nadal. But, you know, given what we saw in his first tournament back, I'm not, you know, under pressure, a fortnight of tennis. That's that's problematic. So there's some concerns over the big two at the top of the market. You know, Casper Ruud on hard courts. I know he's had some wins there. He's certainly turned that around, but I'm not so sure he's a threat. So is is it an Alcaraz? Does he make that move? Is it a Sinner? Mm. I, I really like what we saw from Felix Auger. At see him in Australia at the start of the year, and I think he's again just regained a bit of touch recently. I thought you know, obviously he did very well against uh, well. Uh, you know in in a couple of events in the lead up, so I, th- I think he 's a chance but you look at the winners of those events you know Pablo Carina Buster is sits the pass back uh, i th- I find it really hard and and even someone like Taylor Fritz we think is a really genuinely a top liner so I, I find it really hard i mean I think look if Rafa's able to hold up he 's been the best player in Grand Slams this year yep no doubt but it 's an if mm. so that's that 's who i 'd be looking at in that regard uh, and on the women 's. <laughs> It's just impossible to trust Sphere Tech at the moment because, <laughs> yeah, you know, as, as wonderful as she was from Miami, and she had, you know, it's a big win on my Mi- big win in Miami. and We saw Ash parlay that into, well, she had wins in Miami and had wins elsewhere, but wasn't able to do it at the US Open. Um, I, I do wonder with her recent form on the hard courts and at Wimbledon. You know, there there is a bit of a, a dip in form, and and maybe. Her rivals are figuring out a way to attack her, to, to go after that forehand that can be error prone to draw her as there. So it, it's it's really a minefield, you know. It's Naomi, well, I mean, again, she was the best hard quarter in the world for for basically for four years, but where is she at now? Mm. You, you know, you can't have any confidence there. The world no. number two, Condevite, I don't think she's come back from no. uh, from COVID nineteen necessarily. Um, yeah, you know, the last year's finalist, I think Radikana has has shown some good signs. I, I think she is on the right track and and had those two very good wins over Williams and Azarenka in uh, in Cincinnati. But again, former world number ones, but but clearly past their prime. You know, it's it's a big ask for her to go and do it again. Fernandez had a great run to the final Beat some amazing players on the way to the final last year But she hasn't played any tennis since the French Open Really, you know, that, that injury So it's, it's so widespread Rybakina trying to back up after Wimbledon I'd love to be able to tip you into a winner But I think that would be a, a, a fallacy I just really can't see it from the women's I think it's really hard to pick Yeah,
6: Well there you go, Uh, anyone who asks me across the SCN network, whatever show, who's going to win the women's, it is the hardest question to answer so Walsh you give me vindication because there might be another Raducanu story we just can't even, not even see emerging right now and uh, that's the difficulty in predicting the women's draw, mate thank you, I'll let you settle in, big day one uh, coming up Uh, we're inside four hours to the opening ball being hit and uh, uh, we'll uh, no doubt touch base and, uh, and keep in touch right across the fortnight
2: now look, thanks so much for having me on—an absolute privilege—and uh, really looking forward to uh, to seeing what unfolds. And hopefully, I'll be able to uh, to you know come back to you with some great news from the Australian perspective uh, you know, over the next few days.
6: We hope so. Courtney Walsh is on the ground in New York City for this year's U.S. Open, thanks to Yarra Tennis Coaching. Eaglemont Tennis Club is just off the Eastern Freeway. They've got junior and adult programs available. Uh, Shane Scrutton, one of the best coaches going around. Whether you're a beginner, whether you're uh, actually. Uh, taking the game half seriously. He'll improve your game. Uh, check out yarra
0: Thanks to GLG Green Life Group, leaders in property services and open space management at GLGCorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Champion. Serena the start of this tournament you said I'm tired of losing early in Grand Slams. This is my event. Congratulations, you proved correct. Yes. Well, first of all, I would like to thank my God, Jehovah, because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here today, and I'm very excited about everything. And I would like to also thank my dad and my mom, because they've been great parents and all my sisters and the support and and Puma for let I me mean, wear the Puma clothing. They're great. You should get out some, get some too. And <laughs> The crowd, of course, I had to thank you guys. You guys are just great.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, the 1999 U.S. Open Women's Singles Champion, Serena
3: Williams.
1: I don't know. I'm getting closer to the light, so that's... <laughs>
3: I love playing though, it's, it's like, it's amazing. But you know, it's like, I
1: can't do this forever. Sometimes you just wanna try your best to enjoy the moments and do the best that you can.
3: I like to be a tennis player. If you were a tennis player, who would you want to be like? Well, I like other people to be like me. <laughs> She's a great example and especially also with playing at the same time or being a mother and playing at the same time. It's just amazing. It's not like many others. It's great that we have somebody like that in our sport who cleared the path and kind of show us that you can do anything and sky's the limit.
1: Growing up, I never thought that I was different because, you know, the number one player in the world was somebody who looked like me. So I think that's the biggest thing that I can take from what I've learned from Serena Then also on a more personal level. I got to, you know, have a couple conversations with, with her um, later on and life and I think it's just the way that she handles herself and she never puts herself down and I love that she always elevates herself. A lot of times being a woman in the world, a black woman in the world, you kind of settle for less and I feel like Serena um, just taught me that from watching her she never settled for less I don't I can't think of a moment in her in her career in her life that she settled for less and I think that's something that I took from and I never me as a person as I'm growing into being an adult and learning how to handle things now um, with media and tennis and everything I'm trying to learn to not settle for less.
6: Oh, the wise voice of an 18-year-old Coco Goff at the Andeagish Viontech, the world uh, number one. But the legacy of the great Serena Williams, uh, 1999. How good was it to hear the voice of Tony Trebitt doing the courtside interview there. And uh, the first of her 23 uh, majors, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern uh, tomorrow morning, she takes to court for what possibly could be her final time up against uh, Duncan Kovenich of Montenegro, 23,000, absolutely jam-packed into Arthur Ashe Stadium. Uh, Pete in Sydney, if you're listening tonight, you gave me some homework during the week. You said, what's happened to White City? I've gone past, looks a bit dilapidated up there in Sydney, uh, once the home of great events in uh, Sydney. I did inquire with Tennis New South Wales, who said uh, that they vacated the White City site back in 2000 following the Olympics to take up residence at Sydney Olympic Park and the newly built tennis centre at the time. Um, Hakoa finalised purchase of the site in 2010. Uh, Funds are now fully secured and they are moving into construction phase after years of hold ups, DA issues, funding shortfalls. There is expected to be a media release, major public update in the near future. There's construction on the Hakoa component. Uh, of the build is due to commence reasonably soon. The HOKOA component takes on the former grass court areas, uh, former uh, centre court and uh, grandstand. Uh, they have to preserve some historical elements as part of the design from a tennis uh, perspective. Works to improve the tennis component for uh, Um, maccabi are currently underway these works will deliver a modern full service community tennis venue to complement the wider hakoa works on the site that will include nine community tennis courts uh, six existing resurfaced and three new uh, seven at grand level two above a car park on level one lighting and fencing for all courts uh, four new mini courts uh, two at grand level two at level one uh can also be used for multi-sport activities, a new clubhouse independent from Hercoa facilities, which will include a pro shop, uh, change and public amenities, multi-purpose community space, commercial space for allied health and a new pedestrian ramp and access from Elmer Street. So for those familiar with uh, the Sydney geography, uh, Pete, hopefully that answers your question as to what's happening with White City, which yeah, for the last 20 odd years, the main court and grandstands are set idle, and uh, there's been tennis played around that uh, main uh, main court, uh, but it looks like some works are going to be done. So thank you for Tennis New South Wales for uh, following that up. Um, that is just about it for us. Uh, thanks to Yonex, 76 years of performance product crafted in Japan. Uh, check out their latest range at yonex.com. Nick Kurios will be wielding the Yonex against the Nasi Kokanakis so around about 11 o'clock Eastern. Uh, tomorrow morning. So Serena Williams into Kokonakis and Kyrios. That is a huge night one on uh, Arthur Ashe uh, Stadium. Keep an eye on our website thefirstserve.com.au. All our socials, if you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, you name it, we'll be right across at our team covering all the action from the final major of the year. I look forward to joining you on the screens of nine tonight. 1am. Stick with me. Stay up with me, folks. Johnny Millman's going to kick it all off.